do you know, it's just been one of those fucking weeks, hasn't it? It's a change, the change of seasons, the fucking, uh, the darkness is coming in. You're leaving home when it's dark. You're coming home when it's dark. It's, you know, I, I think, that and all, it's been a shit week anyway. But the Biden thing was okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef podcast where we make a meal out of movies. With me, Tebs, your host, is my... I want to upgrade you from co-host. To what? Um, play, play thing? <laughs> <laughs> Executive host. Oh, that's you. Well, I, I think that's a title that is far beyond my means. But no, 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 that is well yeah. within your means. <laughs> yeah, Our executive, over, yeah. executive host... Cormac, leader Execu- of the, uh, executive vice president of the Cormaniacs or the Cormunards. What was the one last week? Communists. The communists. Power brother. Power brother, comrade. <laughs> so, how's your week been, sir? Ooh, it's been a doozy. I think uh, I think everybody, everybody just Obviously, it lasted. It means nothing. Well, it does mean something to me because obviously, you know, Joe Biden comes in and, you know, there is no trade deal. I wasn't even going to mention. Yeah, there's no trade deal with, you know, with between the UK and the US because of the fucking border in Ireland. Ah, fuck yes. Get it up, you you bastards. Get it up, yes. We were all we were all sat over here in England going, oh, we love Biden. We hate Trump. We love Biden. We hate Trump. And then it's just like, sorry, was born where? His granddad came from where? Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not it's not gonna go our way. <laughs> oh no, we uh, and then Boris starts reading back through. Uh, I called his uh, I called his former boss a what? Pat well, Kendall. oh shit. Maybe 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 Boris can uh, can do like one of those Rudyard Kipling fucking poems that he did when he went to India. The fucking idiot. Maybe maybe he'll tell a joke about the potato famine when he comes over and fucking meets the T-shirt. Aye, aye sure, why not? You fucking... <laughs> but yes, Trump... I, I, we said it was going to be close. We said it was going yeah. to be close. And it was. This I don't care what anybody says. That was close. I, th- I think with a lot of the projections, I think a lot of people were expecting Biden to walk it. Um, mm. But I think as we find out... Um, you know, uh, there's still a lot of people who feel that they're disenfranchised in America one way or the other, um, you know, on both sides, you know, so I, I can't blanket everybody who votes for Trump as a, as a racist. I can't do that, but you're not far off if if you voted for him. (laughs) You know what? Another 70 million people voted for him. If there hadn't been a pandemic... I think he would have absolutely stormed it mm. because not as you know what if if you know you're a Democrat voter or you want to be a Democrat voter and you don't have to take a day off from work to go vote, you don't have to drive two hundred miles to vote. You can just ring for a paper ba- mail-in vote, which are all fucking legal, you idiots. Then 
suddenly you're in this position where all these extra Democrats are suddenly voting. And that's how Biden's got yeah. his massive, massive leap. But without them, Trump voters would have still turned out. If he'd have yeah. weaponized them, for want of a better word, he could have got 70 million votes at the, at the election polls, mainly <laughs> in-person ballots. He, he, I think... You know, this COVID has got something to... Uh, <laughs> we've got something to be grateful for, I think. Conspiracy theories. Joe Biden shit out the coronavirus. No, it was Obama. <laughs> Obama. It was Obama. 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 The Obama it's virus. Always, it's always Obama. It's always <laughs> Obama. You know what I read today? That um, apparently uh, there's a government conspiracy to create fog everywhere in the north. So the north of England, a lot of the major cities have got a lot of fog over the last... It's been very foggy. Who would have thought in early November it would be foggy? I know. And now wow. the, thing, the government is spreading spreading fog around to keep us all in as houses. There's, we can't even go see the fireworks because of the uh, the fog. Fucking assholes. <sighs> Anything else? One more One more, Boris Johnson? Uh, fucking nonce. Right. <laughs> I, I fucking he is. You know what? He, I bet he's shitting himself. He's got, <laughs> I thought you were going to say there. I bet you he's shitting bed. <laughs> Why would you bring that up? <laughs> I bet he's a shit kisser. <laughs> I mean, probably. I mean, probably. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what that's got to do with his election credentials. <laughs> I bet. Uh, you know what? He's had he's had some success with the ladies though. Five kids, three he doesn't speak to anymore or acknowledge. I thought there was six. Oh, was there six? Well, so I thought there was six. Well, no, because there was the new one. There's the new one that got that was born or is going to be born. <laughs> I can't fucking keep up to be honest. I think she's a who cares? Who gives a fuck? who cares? Who gives a fuck? Right, trailers. I we only had one this week for Mank with Gary Oldman, um, mm-hmm. a 1930s. Uh, homage, film noir, homage, homage. Yeah, it's sort of like Sin City without the violence and the color, but it was, uh, it looks pretty good. This, I mean, I'm a fan of Gary Oldman, no matter what he does. Yeah, well, well, it's it reminded me an awful lot of the Coen Brothers movie, The Man Who Wasn't There. Uh, You know, stylistically, it was very, very like that, but. It's, it's a time and a place that I'm very interested in. Um, you know, I there's a great podcast by Karina Longworth, um, and she does. It's called "You Must Remember This," and it's basically uh, around early Hollywood uh, scandals or her early Hollywood stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very good. If anybody, if anybody wants to listen to, it, give it a shout. Like it's actually did she done a fantastic nine part series on uh, Charles Manson as well and the people who were involved in the Charles Manson murder, uh, Sharon Tate and Polanski and people I got there, like um, very, very interesting. But yeah, uh, Gary Oldman can do very little wrong in my eyes also. Um, you know, it's based around the, the Herman Mankiewicz, the guy who wrote uh, Citizen Kane and obviously other things. Um, but yeah, interested, very, very interested. Do you want a, sec- do you want a secret? Do you want to know a confession? Go. I've never seen Citizen Kane. Really? Mm, never seen it. Well, I, mean, I don't. I just can't be bothered for it. I tried it once, 10 minutes. Couldn't be bothered. 
I think it, I it's it's good. It's good if you're yeah. It's good if you're obviously interested in in that early type of Hollywood. You know, based around your man uh, Hearst and his his media power at the time. Um, you know, he was basically in charge of America with his newspapers. He he was the, the Rupert Murdoch, you know, of nowadays, but but even more in control because obviously no social media, no TVs, you know, no twenty four hour news coverage. You know, there were still upwards of a hundred million newspapers being sold in America daily. You know, people got their news from Hearst newspapers. Um, he's he's a very interesting character, Hearst, if you read into him um, as well. Um, but I don't think I think Mankiewicz and uh, Orson Welles didn't particularly like him that much. Um, but no, uh, I'll, I'll be very interested in seeing this. It's got that kind of stylistic, I, I love mm. that kind of early, early Hollywood, 30s, 40s style. As LA Confidential is my favourite movie, you know, for a reason. Um, so, yeah, interested. Um, and it's directed by David Fincher, who uh, we're not going to Do you know what? I never noticed that. I, that, yeah. I never, is, is, that the, is this the movie that fucked over uh, Mindhunter? Most likely, yes. Oh, for fuck, I'm not watching it now. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Ah, <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! That's that's just that's just really pissed on my parade right there. Yeah, he. Uh, well, no, apparently the numbers weren't there to sustain Mindhunter through a third series. Which, Balls. considering they've only done three series of or more of things like Stranger Things or House of Cards, it needs like colossal numbers to get three series or more. But it's so it's so oh. sad. It's so sad that it's probably. Probably in the last three, one of the best TV shows I've watched in the last three years. Oh, easily. Yeah. You know, definitely. unbelievable show. And now we're not even going to get an ending to it. And that beautiful arc of BTK, you know, yeah. the whole way through the first and the second, you know, I was waiting for season six or season five when BTK would finally get, oh, nah, fuck it. No, no, I'm not, even, so... I'm not, I'm not even going to upset myself by thinking about it. So much restraint showed. Hmm. They knew yeah. that they probably were going to only get through two series, mm-hmm. and instead of blowing BTK out in one series, they just kept it going. And it was yeah. ah. anyway. Okay, we got to do it. Uh, Johnny Depp has left the Fantastic Beasts franchise from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Um, it may have something to do with him losing a court case this week. Um, suggesting it went up against the Sun newspaper in the, the UK, uh, who suggested he was a wife beater, and the court has agreed that he is in fact a wife beater, and now Johnny Depp's career is done. So, wait, oh. wait. So, where do we stand on this now? Because we have we have been we I, there's so many. It's like fucking bouncing off the wrestling rings. So, two years ago. He was a wife beater. People hated him. Amber Heard was the fucking the you know the girl who had to put up with it, what he was doing. Then J.K. Rowling stood behind him about and the casting of Fantastic Beasts. She said she came out and said that you know not everybody's heard the full story. She's heard the full story and she believes Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And everybody everybody then obviously victimized uh, J.K. Rowling for a while. Obviously she has <laughs> she has. <laughs> Later said out all the few things that have kind of pissed a few people off, but I digress. JK, JK <laughs> likes a brandy on a Sunday with the old Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It goes for it. Uh, you know, so then, so then it started to come out that Amber Heard 
was as abusive or more abusive to Johnny Depp. She cut his finger off, you know, mm-hmm. obviously threatened him. You know, he felt he recorded a lot of the stuff. Uh, now he's went, he's went, the son has called him a wife beater. He's went to court and said he's not a wife beater. And the judge has said that the, the, the son were well within their rights to call him a wife beater. Mm-hmm. So because we're, we're, can, we, can we not can we not just can we not just go like this can we not just go right let's just split it down the middle both of them are fucked up in the head both the of them both of them are drunks and both of them are fucking abusers so yeah. can we not just go right fuck you two you stay apart and just fucking go your separate ways see the point is here right everyone said we believe Amber Heard. We always, but it's this culture, and I'm not going to get into it, and I'm not going to, you know, I know what I truly <laughs> believe about this. I'll get into it. I'll no, get you'll into get into it. it. There is a culture of believing the victim, regardless of their gender or sex. <laughs> Goodbye, <is>. everybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's even, no, no, it's even British, go- the British government even um, di- direct CPS and criminal investigation and things. I've read it. Um, there's a book by a guy called the the secret barrister genuine or it's a woman i don't know it's a a barrister in britain who writes a book talking and it's called the law is broken and over the last 10 or so years there has been a dramatic shift towards the police assuming what the victim was saying is true or up until a few years ago that was the that was the way it was approached this person must be telling the truth so i'm not going on about general society and rape victims or whatever it was even in our society they said you know let's believe the victim male or female whatever and this has happened everyone's believed amber heard then evidence has come out so suddenly everybody is against her and then a court decides she obviously can't be lying she must be telling the truth so we find against johnny depp but is it when when not, the uh, the official ruling should have been you're both as bad as each other <clears throat> call but it I quits don't, i don't but i think it's i think it now, i i am no fucking legal mind i know that well, might I'm shock not... you i know i know that might shock you paul that i am not a legal mind <laughs> but i th- i would take that this case was solely based on the fact that they called him a wife beater and his argument is obviously going to be a little bit harder because he's he's admitted to at least hitting her. Yes, and he is. And, yeah. and, 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 and you know, he said it's obviously defending himself or in self-defense or in retaliation for an attack that she, you know, did on him. I mean, I'm, I'm just speculating. Um, yeah. But I think the reason why it was obviously given against him was because he has admitted that he hit her. And, you know, whether good or bad, if a man hits a woman, yeah, you're a wife beater. You know, it's, yeah. Don't get me wrong; he shouldn't have done it, and he is in the wrong as much as her. Yeah, but you've now got this instance where everybody's gone. We believe you, Amber, and then some. And then Johnny Depp's gone. Yeah, but look at all this, and it's like, oh, we can't believe you anymore. And and I just think maybe people should just wait for the proof and the the evidence and the court case and the testimonies before trying. Why don't by. they just just fucking split the assets? Fucking give whatever's whatever and just cut the dog in half. Yeah, cut the dog in half and be done with each other. Just fucking yeah. move to one side of the room and you move. So here's the here's here's the one that gets the podcast cancelled. Does mm-hmm. a man who believed he was wronged by being called a wife beater and take somebody to court to defend his name mm-hmm. 
basically somebody says, well, it's actually true. And then he get, he loses his job in the Harry Potter franchise because of this. So be, because a headline that ran four years ago has been judged by a court to have been true, he's now lost his job. <clears throat> it was The headline was still printed two years ago when he were in this film. So why is he now losing yeah. his job? I, I think that it's not, well, obviously he has lost his job, but I don't think it's as much as him losing his job or as him taking a step away and a lot of people coming to him and saying, we can't have your name on this because it's a kid's movie. Or, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult. I, yeah. I, I am from, I am from the self-belief that obviously a man should never hit a woman, you know, no. but, you know, but, but, but I will say if, if someone is abusing you, if someone is constantly hitting you, I'm sorry. There's gonna be that bit of a the Sean Connery about you, you know. You're, you're fucking. You're slapping. You're slapping me. You're fucking trying to hit me. Well, you might get the back of the hand. I am not. I am not promoting violence for women. All I'm saying is, if it were me, I would also defend myself. But let if you be believe. Clear. Yeah, yes, but let's, okay, be, cost, let's be clear. Yeah. Let's be clear. If he is an instigator, if he is an instigator, if you are an instigator, if you're the one who is instigating things like that, then you deserve to be fired from what your job. Simple as that. Yes, yes. But my argument is, he's not been found guilty of anything. No. It, it, something somebody called him four years ago has been found to have been true, to have merit. Maybe that's a better way to have merit. It wasn't even true because it's not a court of law. So yeah, it, it, all it is is based on the court's judgment. Yeah. So anyway, guys lost each job, but Amber Heard's still in Aquaman. So top. Um, all right. Well, let's go on to something a little less controversial. <laughs> Child abuse. Yeah. Wi- no, no, no. The witches. Have you seen the witches? That's on. I have no what. Now, let me get this straight. I, I absolutely adore Anne Hathaway. I think Anne Hathaway is one of the best actresses that is around. But cheapest I, Oscar win since Gwyneth Paltrow. All right, whatever. I loved the original Witches. I am a massive Roald Dahl fan. I think he is twisted as fuck. Um, mm-hmm. I think the first movie... Uh, encapsulates everything about the book. You know, I think Angelica Houston is amazing. Um, I do not want to watch this movie in any way, shape, or form. Well, apparently this 2020 version of Roald Dahl's The Witches um, has run into some controversy because one of the lead witches, who is an an antagonist in the film, has um, missing fingers which is seen as a, a disability. Wow. And it's caused an awful lot about people saying Paralympians and people are coming out saying, why is it the bad guys always have some kind of physical um, disability? Yeah, like all those like all those war heroes in the war movies. <laughs> they mean it as in the witch. Why does the wit- the bad witch have missing fingers and 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 deformities but the good good ones never do it's a fucking movie it's a fucking movie like what what they're missing fingers missing oh we're we're, we're on another some people have been offended by it 
Ah, go fuck off. Because those people, <laughs> those people have disabilities themselves. Right. I I under, Right. Let's just put it like this. Right. If somebody free, if, so free guy and death on the Nile have been re- <laughs> removed. <laughs> no. If if someone if someone if someone is like Sean Penn, right? Let's let's go Sean Penn, right? So Sean Penn is allowed to go play a person who is uh, mentally and physically disabled in I Am Sam, right? Have you watched that? You movie? want to say it? You can say it. No, no, you no, I'm to... not going to say it, but have you watched that movie? I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the words, all right? I know what you think I'm going to say, but I'm not, <laughs> I am not going to go Tropic Thunder, all right? But, <laughs> but, have you seen that movie? Tropic Thunder, I love it. No, I am Sam. Oh, no, no, it seems a bit too, you know. <laughs> it is one of the most offensive, <laughs> offensive movies I have ever watched in my entire life. Really? Because I've seen Aeon Flux. It no, it is. It you know, if if anyone should be uh, you know, offended about physical disabilities or mental disabilities or things like that there, we should go after those types of movies. If you're going after the fact that so, that a witch has no fingers and it you and according to variety. <laughs> you like that? Here we go. The recent Robert Zemeckis directed film Anne Hathaway's villainous character known as the Grand Witch has missing fingers. Many people with disabilities pointed out that she appears to have ectrodactyly, a limb abnormality that's commonly referred to as split hand. Advocates fear that portraying villains with physical defects can perpetuate stereotypes that disabilities are abnormal or scary. I think they've got a point. No. Which, don't have when was point. the last time you saw a hero that had a physical defect? I just mentioned it. War movies. <laughs> right. Every war movie that I see, every every movie that I've seen based in Afghanistan or Iraq. But that's know, not a... That's there, not there, a, there's, a it's, born, it is the suspension of disbelief. That's getting right. blown. Do you do you believe do you believe that if you're an eleven year old girl or boy watching the witches and you see a witch with this uh, you know deformation or whatever that they will automatically think that people with that disability are evil? Will your three year old daughter look at the witches, see the evil witch with a, a hand deform you know deformity for want of a better word? And if she then saw a woman in real life with that deformity, what would she think? She would think that they both have the same disability. <laughs> she wouldn't. She wouldn't think that the, the girl's but, a witch. It's I, like I, it's, a, it's like growing up in the eighties in the eighties in America, watching all these you know American action movies where the British guy was the bad guy. You know, that's like saying like every, every young American sure. person's walking around going, "All oh, these evil British people. There's a country full of them." Ah! I'm so, like I understand. I understand some people's point of view. I understand that you know, if 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 there's if an able-bodied person playing a disabled person, you know, yes, that's not right. If a if a white person is playing a black person, or a white person is playing an Indian person, or you know, a, a, yes, I I get that. But come on, we we got to draw the line somewhere. We got we have we have to we have to do that wee suspension of disbelief somewhere. Like the line has to be drawn somewhere. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I don't have a disability, so I can't comment. You on well, the I, Listen, <laughs> listen. 
way over the line (laughs) way over the line i was just playing devil's advocate i was just presenting an argument you so was i that's what i was you want to be be ashamed i was doing that and (laughs) i was presenting an argument it was the argument it was breitbart's argument you were fooled (laughs) (laughs) you were fooled you were fooled i'm disgusted by Anne Hathaway losing four fingers. I'm disgusted by it. <laughs> I am presenting an argument. It's comic will be playing the part of Alex Jones. <laughs> uh, Free Guy and Death of the Nile have been removed from the Dis- uh, December release schedule, which pretty much leaves Wonder Woman 84 mm-hmm. on Christmas Day as the last film standing. <laughs> It's, so there we go. <laughs> That's it. There's the news. It's like, but it's, it's, uh, 2020 just never happened. Well, this is what I will tell you because do you know what the highest grossing film this year is? Trolls 2. Bad Boys for Life. Oh, fuck. Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys 3 could be the highest grossing film of 2020. Well, it, it will be. It no, will there's, be a Chi- there's a Chinese film that. Uh, uh, that came out that is worldwide gross, so that kind of takes it, but that's like done 500 million worldwide and 470 million in China, and I don't think anybody else has seen it, Barra. You know. <laughs> um, Cormac. Hi. Are you ready for a G.I. Joe reboot? <laughs> I fucking am. <laughs> Henry Golden has revealed um, his take on Snake Eyes, the new G.I. Joe spin-off reboot, soft reboot, soft relaunch film. Uh, he'll be joined inspiration from the samurai as the mute uh, assassin ninja. Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm quietly optimistic about a film with a mute ninja as the lead. It's got to have some... They might as well just have G.I. Joe around them because they need extra characters in this. Well, they're going to have some kick-ass action because, let's be honest, I actually quite liked the G.I. Joe movies. I liked the first one. No, I liked the second one. I thought, I thought it was, I thought, it, you know, the, you know, I won't spoil it for anybody, but, you know, the spoiler, that what happened, you know, 10 minutes into the movie kind of shocked me a bit. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, who have we got in the G.I. Joe uh, spin-off then? So obviously Snake Eyes is in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have uh, Samara Weaving as Scarlet. Samara Weaving, who was, I think she was Ted's daughter. She might have been Bill's daughter in Face the Music. Yeah. She was the blonde one. Ted's daughter. There we go. Um, Ursula Cabrero is the Baroness. Mm -hmm. Iko Uwai is Hardmaster. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Is the guy from the raid movies, and uh, he, if they let him loose to do some action scenes, he will be incredible. Um, Peter Menser is the blind master, uh, so it's it's a fairly sort of low key cast. But yeah, look, hey, if so what about what about uh, is JGL not in this movie? Is he not? <laughs> has he decided not to be in this movie? JGL is he not? He's sitting, he's sitting this one out. <laughs> oh God. You know, old Joseph, I don't know, I have a fucking notion what he was doing in those movies. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> you know, when somebody, I'm just looking through the cast now. Um, oh, God, what was his name? Cobra Commander isn't listed in the cast. But you can sure shit no show he's going to tell Of course he is. Yeah, of course he's going to be there. <laughs> uh, okay, so 
Any more news? No, that's the news. Take that. Flee. Be be entertained. Now, uh, every week while the Mandalorian is getting released, we are going to do a spoiler-free three-word review of this week's episode. Um, commonly titled Episode 2. Well, it's Episode 10, isn't it? Episode 10, yeah. Chapter 10. Um, right. I'll do I'll do three words and you do three words, okay? Can I do four words? No, it's a three-word review column. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'm not just trying to warn up yet, all right? I'll tell you what. You can have one of my words. (laughs) We'll work together. You can have one of my words. Give us your four words. Okay. Not enough Boba Fett. Uh, We did say it was going to be a spoiler-free review. (laughs) That's no spoiler. If nobody's seen the first episode, then it is a spoiler. Well, fuck them. <laughs> um, I'd say nostalgia. I think I got that feeling in a certain sequence. You're using more than two words, Paul. Oh, sorry. Eggs. Greetings and salutations. This is Cage's Kiss, the ultimate Cage cast, where we discuss the movies and life of the national treasure, Nick Cage. There are three of us here, and I can't help but notice that none of us are Nicolas Cage. Did nobody call him? What? A Cage cast with no Nick Cage? No, instead of being Nicolas Cage, we're three Nicolas Cage experts, which is the next best thing. I don't think we should admit to being experts. Too late. We are not experts at anything. We are not life coaches, and we are not in any way, shape, or form qualified to give you suggestions on life choices. But Nick Cage is, and he's made hundreds of life choices. Seriously, I cannot stress enough just how much you should not take our advice. But we're experts. No, seriously, we're not experts. Yes, but we will be reviewing his first acting gig as Nicholas Coppola, Best of Times, which features a young and very precious Crispin Glover. And his work in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And his work in My Nightmares. We're experts. 35 years ago, there was a film that I watched once and never watched again. <laughs> so this, really? is, this is me saying, I remember my brother watching it. Oh, the Goonies, by the way, today. Um, I remember my brother watching it, and I remember the scene with the statue gluing the dick on, and it was really funny because it was an upside down <laughs> Willie. Uh, I... <laughs> Spoiler the dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I remember like bits underground, and that were about it. So yeah, this is the first time I watched it again. Was for uh, was just the other week, and you know what? I really enjoyed it. I I I have probably seen this movie forty times in my lifetime. Uh, Oh man, you have to understand that. uh, Well, obviously, you know, (laughs) cark back to the old good old days in Oma, and you never really got that many current up to date movies. Um, when me and Ronan got this from it was either Kevlin video or Mullet Moore video, uh, it was probably around 87, 88. And I think we probably watched this about four times over the weekend that we had it. Um, this just brings it every, every time I watch the Goonies, it's, it, it, it just brings everything, everything floods back to me with the Goonies where yeah. I was the first time I watched it, you know, how I felt, you know, the 80s, you know. 80s America, you know, growing up watching all those Americanized movies, 
everything. You know, I think we spoke about it with uh, Santa Claus the movie. You know, whenever she, the, the, the little girl gives the homeless kid the tin of Coke, you know, in Santa Claus the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, the, the, the same visual representations of America that you always remember in these times. And The Goonies is one of those movies that, that just sets that off for me. Yeah, I remember we had it. We were taped off telly or it had been and bought, you know, rented from Ritz. We had Ritz video. And um, like I say, I remember, but I, I would have been four around that time, you know. It's, yeah. And after, and after that, it was kind of like there were that many films that were coming out each week or each month. There was, a, you know, you only had like one big film that came out every couple of weeks or whatever. So you'd go and rent it or you'd rent the next one. And I can't remember going back to it. And then it got to the point where I went to uni because, you know, it won't, oh, you kids today, you don't understand how, to, how easy you've got it. If you wanted to watch a film, you couldn't just download it or you couldn't just go, you know, you had to wait for it to come on TV. You had to find it in video shop and hope it was there or, you know. Um, so I never bothered watching it again. It was always one of those at uni that everyone quoted and said how great it was. And then like, you'd be around at somebody's house and they go, oh, put Goonies on. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man. And I just <laughs> never bothered because it was like, I'm sick of hearing about it now. And I watched it the other day and I, I absolutely love it. Quick, quick fun fact. Tebs's fun fact. I didn't know. Well, it's not so much a fact. It's what <laughs> Tebs didn't know something. <laughs> Tebs didn't know fact. The rock band, the rock indie band, the Fratellis, were named after the uh, family in this film. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> and maybe some of the audience, maybe one of the eleven listeners, don't yeah. know. We'll put it like you know, put it like this. You know, the opening, no. the opening sequence. Just one second, opening... one second. If anybody's listening to this episode, <laughs> anybody out there, tweet us at Pod Movie Chef and tell us if you knew that the fertility fertilities, the fratellis were named after the family in the Goonies. Okay, right. carry on. I, I'm I'm just going to put this caveat in there, Paul. One of our listeners is from Vietnam. <laughs> and, and one of them is from Croatia. And I think I th- the rest think, are bots, to be honest. I think I think there was a few people from from Thailand or Taiwan as well. I don't know if they've got to have heard of the band the Fratellis. I bet they have. <laughs> I bet they. I bet they haven't. I bet they haven't. They'll be like, oh no, I didn't. I, I didn't know that, Paul. Thanks for telling us that. Cheers, tips. But the opening the opening sequence of the goodies is my favorite opening to any movie ever made. Ever, I'd still Robert da- Robert Dav- no Robert Davy <laughs> Robert Davy you know hanging in this this is a kids movie you know yeah. committing suicide in the prison cell yeah. and then he fucking you know that he kicked the cop and then Joe Pantaliano and I've got loads sorry I've got loads of questions the cop just comes wandering in like oh not another one <laughs> small yeah. town America and he's like that's a second hanging of the week. Yeah, it's fucking. It's it's thin as a small town. I, I, I don't understand where he got his hat and his coat from. Now that that you know, he did it. What did he stop at the fucking front door and go get a have my cat and my coat? Listen, I've just knocked some cunt out in the cell there. I pretend to hang right. Let me out. But of course, there's the Joe Batanliano. It has the the petrol shoots the pet shoots the petrol, and they all fucking start driving. And then the sequence goes, and you meet every single kid in the Goonies. You know, as the cars yep. fly past, and you know everything that happens. I think. I just love every part of this movie. You know, it's just, it, it just, everything reminds me of when I was younger. 
you know, all the group of, of, of losers, you know, hanging around with each other because nobody else wants to hang around with them. Now, I don't understand why Brandon is hanging around with all the, the goonie losers because he seems to be like yeah. a jock. You know, he seems that Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin seems a bit of buff. So I don't know how he calls himself I think, a member of the I Goonies. think he's, he wants to be a jock because he's doing all the working out at home. But you remember when he's on the bike going down the road, I know he's on a kid's bike, but he's on the bike cycling down the road and the cool kid mm. in the convertible with, what's her name? Kathy. Uh, Andy, Andy and Steph. Andy. And, uh, and they're taking the piss out of him. So I think he kind of wanted to be a physical all action jock. Well, but... Yeah, I, I get that. But but I've seen the deleted scenes in the Goonies from the DVD, right? So there's We're a, a there's fucking a... hipster on his hands here. <laughs> there's a scene in the deleted scenes, which is between between that bit and the Goonies going off to the Fratelli's hideout. And it's in like uh, a convenience store. And all the Goonies go in and Chunk's getting ice cream. And Troy and Andy and Steph come in, and Troy takes the map off um, Mikey, and he tries to light it, pretending that he's smoking a joint, and then Mouth comes over and stops it. But as he's about to hit Mikey, um, uh, what's his name? Brand comes in and stops him and like throws him up against, and Troy looks terrified. Like Troy's kind of like, oh, uh, like Troy's a kind of jock, but Troy looks terrified. And then he tells Andy and Steph to come on there. But our court date, we, we've got to get on the court. So he, I don't know what that is, fucking tennis or something. I don't I'm know. I'm guessing tennis, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing tennis too. But his um, brother as well was told, don't let Mikey out the house. So I'm guessing he didn't want to hang around with them. It was, they were just hanging around the house while he was there. I think it was just that all, you know what it was like having an older brother, uh, you know, you and your mates or whatever come storming in the house and he's always there just getting in the way and yeah. so data are we going to talk about the the racism is this is it we're going to do yeah um well no i think spielberg for some reason had well yeah let's talk about the racism i think for some reason spielberg found it extremely funny to uh to have that young kid who I've forgotten the name of, I didn't even write his name down, poor sod. But a, a, a couple of films of his, he, he turns up and uh, I don't know. But it, it turns out he's the hero in this, that's, that's fine. I was more concerned about how much crap is he carrying around. I know he's got a big trench coat <laughs> on, but there was one scene in the movie where they're in an underground cave system and they've been there for a good couple of hours. And he had the extending boxing glove on the end of a on the end of his, what was it, his belt buckle or something? Where was he hiding a boxing glove? <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a trench coat ball. And his name's Jonathan Kwan. His name's Jonathan Kwan. Yeah. Jonathan uh-huh. He was also in Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, yes. Uh-huh. So, so he was, and I, like, I, I, Data was one of my favourite uh, characters when growing up because it was everything. If you had something extra to your character, you know he was the the kind of spy, the person. Yes, he was a bit of a he was a, he was a bit of a like an Inspector Clouseau kind of character. You know, I I never I never seen him as when I was younger and even now I never seen him as a character who was a foreigner. You know, and he was silly because he was a foreigner. I seen him as an Inspector Clouseau character. You know, somebody who has all the ability just sometimes gets it wrong yeah 100 i i saw i i came away from that 
absolutely 100% laughing at the jokes. You know, the, the gadgets yeah. going wrong. And yeah, the fact you're, laughing, you're, you're, laughing at the, uh, yeah. you're laughing at the gadgets, not at him. Yeah, you get that totally. But, but now, when you watch that now, that's the way a reasonable person would laugh, and that's probably what they intended. But there was a lot of sort of little... Anyway, fuck it. I'm not going there. But it was there was a lot of sort of little jokes about what he's saying and how he was acting and how he was screaming. But I think it was... I think all of them had something that they kept yeah. doing. Uh, and I think his was gadgets. And I just yeah, think... Yeah, they were, they were the goonies. You know, everybody else hated them. You know, these were the these were the the the, the low kids of the low. It didn't matter if you were foreign. You know, most of the other goodies weren't foreign. You know, they they were just outcasts. They were people that didn't follow the norm. They didn't want to be, you know, the norm. They wanted to do their own thing. You know, wh- one of the things that I always thought when I was growing up as well was, I would love to have seen a TV show of the Goonies, because, oh yeah, Definitely. I I I think that a TV show of the Goonies a different adventure every every other week you know doing different things you know what else what else have the goonies gone up to what how why are they called you know the goonies how did they get their name how did they get the name of the goonies you know how did they meet you know what was their first adventure that's the only things that popped through my head when i was growing up i i, I thought about a whole pile of things at the goonies when i was younger <laughs> who's your favorite oh uh i did like mouse when I was growing yeah. up, I, d- I did like mice when I was growing up. I thought the the scene when they're up in the attic, you know, and you know, you can see the. Let's talk a wee bit about obviously Richard Donner and you know Spielberg's you know fingers on this. You know Richard Donner, the Omen, the Superman movies. One of my favorite Richard Pryor movies of all time, The Toy. You know with Jackie Gleason and Richard Pryor. Um, you know, and then. Couple into that, you have Steven Spielberg, and the fact that Steven Spielberg was on set a lot of the time, and you know he was given his input to Richard Donner, and Richard Donner didn't take it as an offense. You know he just went, "Well, do you know what? I've got fucking Steven Spielberg here with me, and yeah. you know we're 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 making this movie together." So, and you know I think a lot of the things that Richard Donner said on set was, "What's the old adage? Never work with kids and never work with animals." Yeah, he said he said that because these kids were all so good at acting and improvisation and stuff like that there, it gave him energy within the movie to be a wee bit outside of his own box. So he right. was able to he was able to improve his vision of the movie because of how they were acting around the movie. You know, I think it was just, and you could tell, you can see the, the Steven Spielberg touches, you know, in the attic when they're hunting, you know, stuff when they're looking through and they, they break the, the the map out of the the the, the frame and the, yeah. the thunder and the thunder and the lightning going on in the background. You know, they went up to that attic during the day and then when they go <laughs> when they go into the attic, it's pitch black and there's thunder and lightning. And when they get out of the attic, it's day again. <laughs> it's like, oh okay. All right. It's fantastic. And and you got and like you say, you can see Spielberg all over it. And it, it, even down 100%. to the, uh, I think the fact that we don't see much of the dad, it's always everything about yeah. Spielberg is parent issues, dad issues, you know, just uh, kids connecting with the father again. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it it's really always can... kids, kids losing something. Kids of kids are losing, and this one is they're losing their entire fucking town. You know, they're yeah. they're they're losing their entire livelihoods. They're losing, losing the goodness. Yeah, they're losing the Goonies. You know, where we don't know where these kids are going to end up. You know, one could they could all go to different states and stuff like that. There, 
Um, you know, we get to the point where we meet then the the Fratellis, um, possibly, you know, my favorite bad guys. And I have to mention Anne Ramsey because Anne Ramsey from, you know, Throw Mama from the Train, you know, two, two of my favorite movies in the 80s, Goonies and Throw Mama from the Train. And to see Anne Ramsey again just always makes me feel great. You know, she and you got fantastic. It doesn't. She just looks like an evil bitch. You know, that's not, you know, and the see, there's the scenes, the scene when you know the all the goonies come in and you know they're trying to look for the for the 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 X marks the spot in in the cabin, and you know they come in and they're like water, 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 and they're going around and Mikey has to go to the toilet and stuff, and all that scene is perfect. And then as the kids all you know, scramble out the door and run away, or she kind of puts her head against the door and then turns to the camera and goes. Kids suck. <laughs> it's just, it gets me every fucking time. Every time it gets me. So what... Um, let me have a think now. What else was I going to ask you about? Yeah, let's go on. You mentioned the fertility tent. Let's, uh, let's look towards uh, one of the uh, the more warmer, gentler members of the fratellis, and that's uh, Sloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I've seen this guy to death, which is probably why I've never put the film on until now, because you're seeing his face, you're seeing his catchphrase, and you think you've seen everything. And it is a fantastic character, is Sloth. He is absolutely yeah. wonderful. He's, you know, we, we spoke about uh, people with uh, disabilities and deformities, and this poor sods. This character is locked away, and I think it really shows him to be a, a fantastic sort of addition to the Goonies. He's... He he has heart, and the kind of bromance between Chunk and and Sloth is just absolutely perfect. You know, you know, Chunk kind of goes the whole movie as the the butt of the joke, and you know, yeah. Sloth is you know not the butt of the joke in the Fatelli family, but he's the outcast. You know, he's he is he is as he is the goonie of the fucking Fratellis. You know, and the the scene and between chunk, sorry, between, and chunk is the is the goonie of the goonies. That, yeah, yeah, and they to. treat it. Yeah, and they treat him like shit, and mouse treats him like shit. Like I, I never, I never ever got the truffle shuffle. You know, it, it, it you know, I let's be honest, being being a larger kid when I was younger, yeah. and I'm sure, I'm sure, going. I'm sure it. you being a larger kid when you're growing up, it, I never, I never find it funny. I never ever oh. find it funny. I always just seen it uh, thinking. Do you know why like, that is? Because you were the one being laughed at. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. never find it. I never find it funny. And you know, it was always yeah. one of those things that it, mice being my favorite character. It always upsets me when I watch it, and it's like, do it. And you're like, no, 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 chunk, don't, don't do it. No, don't do don't, it. Don't do it. And yeah. it's like, all you want to do is come through a fence, chunk. You can climb over the fence. You don't have, you know. <laughs> yeah, I. What's with the Rube Goldberg machine? <laughs> you know. <laughs> They have to reset that every fucking time. You have to every open the time. Fence. And it was literally somebody came up to, I think it was Data came up to the fence and, and up to the gate. And they put this like 20 minute long machinery to open up the gate like a game of mousetrap. And it literally just swings open in front of him. He could have just pushed it gently and it I, would have I, opened for him. It's, very, it's too elaborate. It's too elaborate. But yeah, as I was saying, you know, the, the bromance between between Sloth and, and Chunk, and especially, you know, when. Chunk is holding up the rock at the end, and you know, yeah. Chunk's got his hand. God, that gets me every time. That gets me every single time. It's like, oh, that fuck. Yeah. 
Yeah. It was that moment. It, there was a moment there. I just loved the little uh, the little nod on uh, when they're on the boat and Sloth turns up and he rips his shirt off. He's got his Superman T-shirt on underneath. Yeah, yeah. There was, a, there, was a guy, there was there was <laughs> there was a few of those kind of you know we we in jokes. You know there was the the phone call where uh, Chunk rings the the police telling them about the murders and the cop kind of turns around to him and says you know oh it's like the time you said about all those little creatures running their mind when you throw water on them you know yeah. and obviously Donner you know wrote Gremlins as well like so I mean you know there's all those little in jokes that were involved in it I mean one one of my favorites one of my favorite stories um, was Josh Brolin and he was basically saying that whenever they built the ship the ship that's in the the, the goonies was built you know there, there was not cgi yeah. there's a bit of cgi obviously when they're in the water but the ship as itself was a, an actual real structure built mm-hmm. on a sound stage and richard donner was building it for three months and he purposely wouldn't allow anybody any of the cast to see the ship because he wanted their reaction first time so when he was setting the whole thing up uh, when they come down the chute they, he put them all in the water, made sure that their backs were turned and had a screen up and their heads were dunked underneath the water for five seconds. And he had a speaker that shouted action. And when they were to come out of the water, turn around, they were to give their first reaction. And everything was set, action. They came up and Josh Rowland turned around and went, holy shit. And Richard Donner had to go, God, they go, Goonies, no, Goonies can't say that. No, Goonies can't say that. So they had to shit the whole fucking thing over again. And he didn't get their reaction because of Josh Brolin. Well, I read they had, um, obviously, there's quite a lot of uh, shits in this. And I think Data, uh, what was his name again? Jonathan, I don't want to. Uh, Kikwan. Uh, Kikwan. He, when he jumps out into the, into the pool off the boat, he goes, holy S-H-I-T. Because he promised mm-hmm. his mummy wouldn't swear, <laughs> but a lot apparently a lot of the swearing is done at particular points in the editing. So when you're showing it on TV in the afternoons, you can turn the music up at particular points, and there's a crescendo of music around the time they swear. So if you want need to show it in the TV, all you do is turn the music up at those points, and it drowns out the swearing. Apparently, I, I think well, yeah. Well, I think I think we all remember if you live in the UK and you're listening to this. When Die Hard was on, on a, at nine o'clock on a Friday night, holy sugar! <laughs> but it's like the uh, it's like the scene now from Galaxy Quest, where you, where they're going off towards the final, uh, going through the final traps, and they're trying to get to the central core right towards the end. And there's um, Tim Allen and and Sigourney Weaver out there, and they look up across, and there's blades swinging in front of them, and blades twirling around, and she just goes. Fuck that! <laughs> but <laughs> but the the re- redubbed it over to go, um, some like forget that. But you can just see her lips clear as they're going. Fuck that! <laughs> <laughs> but is there? Do you think that there's an eighties kids movie, uh, or ninety early nineties kids movie that doesn't have Chris Columbus's hands on it? See, I was trying to think the other day of some some of those. What's a classic kids film? Of the eight, this this what, this, this the Goonie, the Goonie, the Goonies is it. You know the Goonies. Obviously, we've talked about some of the wee set pieces and stuff in the movie, but the Goonies in itself, it never ages. It, it there is it never ages. It doesn't matter if I can tell you right now in forty years time, I will be sitting in the, if I'm still alive, I will be sitting in my living room, 
watching the fucking Goonies with my grandkids or my great grandkids. I can a hundred percent because it never ages. It was when I watched it in you know late eighties, early nineties. When I watched it again multiple times in the late nineties and early two thousands. When I watched it every single fucking Sunday where it was on ITV two. When I watched it every single fucking Saturday or something when it was on you know mid two thousand fifteens. You know, and then again last night when I watched it, it never gets old and. It's probably, you've seen my wee book, but you obviously do the same thing. You write, you know, notes and stuff on it. I stopped, I stopped writing my notes at the Rube Goldberg machine. That's, that's, Just how, enjoyed in, it. that's how I invested every single time, you know, that when I see uh, the Goonies on, um, that's how much I get it. But you know what? We've, we spoke about the Goonies, we spoke about others, but we still haven't spoken about Cindy Lauper. Well, I was going to come on to that. You were saying the film doesn't age. The goddamn music video does. <laughs> well, did Boy, you watch, does that age. Did, did you watch the full music video? No, I didn't. I knew there's a 12 minute out there and I didn't bother to watch that one. Really? Yeah, really. Oh, you got to watch it. You got to okay. watch it. There's there's wrestlers in it. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, she was, she was in, in fact, yeah, because the first WrestleMania was WrestleMania... One, but that was ninety-one. Five. <laughs> that was nineteen eighty-five. So that was around the time, and she was one of the guests at WrestleMania. So I'm guessing well, that the like was that it was Captain Lou was in the video for girls just want to have fun, and like Captain Lou was obviously big in the wrestling scene, the independent wrestling scene, and then he became big in in WWF as well. Well, not big, but he was a manager in WWF, so he was kind of well known. And like Cindy Lauper then became you know a wrestling foil. Because she was good. She was a cartoon. Yeah. You know, Cindy Lauper was just a cartoon of a human being. And she, you know, that's the, just what she was like in the early 80s. But there's like, a, as you say, there's like a, a 12 to 15 minute uh, music video of Good Enough uh, by Cindy Lauper. Um, involves a few wrestlers, involves some of the cast members as well. Uh, a lot of bad acting, you know, a lot of, I believe, now I haven't seen it in a few years, but I believe there's a scene where they go into a cave through the back of a laundrette. Or a laundromat? <laughs> I've just put it on, so I'll tell you in a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to have a walkthrough of, of Cindy Lauper's Good Enough video. <laughs> well, okay, so, we I mean, we haven't even mentioned One Eye Willie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Can we have a giggle he's, at that and move on? He has, he has, he has uh, a, uh, a sparkling eye. Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, um time i mean let's talk about where they are now because they obviously did the reunion zoom call when we're all uh locked up and uh and josh brolin's done all right for himself sean astin's enjoyed catering <laughs> as we all would don't, air. don't don't ever <laughs> ever take the piss out of sean astin because number one lord of the rings my man fucking you know samwise don't ever the most faithful man ever and also bob and stranger things and i i'm not going to spoil stranger things for people you know <laughs> but but bob one of my favorite characters in stranger things it was in 24 as well and he pretty much played the same guy that bob is really i never seen him yeah. in 24 what season was that it was in one of the later seasons. Soon. Oh, yeah. I, I give up after the fucking tenth <laughs> nuclear bomb went off. Like <laughs> In what episode? Um, yeah, Sloth, yeah. I want to mention Sloth, uh, who was played by, by 
John Matuzak. Um, he mm-hmm. was uh, an NFL player, linebacker, um, twice Super Bowl champion, scored one touchdown in mm-hmm. his in his career. Um, he was in 1978. He entered the World's Strongest Man tournament and came ninth. And I'm saying that because some people will go, "Oh, only ninth. He was the ninth strongest man." Strongest man in the world. You know what? If you came 50th in that competition, I would say well done because you are the 50th strongest man in the world. Um, And he sadly died in 1989, not long after this film came out. He was uh, he he died of a propoxyphene overdose, uh, which is an opiate. Uh, He had an enlarged heart, and he also had cocaine in his system. So at least he went out enjoying himself. Uh, But it's sad. It's sad that uh, when you hear about people like that who, you know, have played these characters and, you know, you always wonder what, what happened to them. And, and it's uh, it's a bit shit, really. But what about you? Have, uh, did you look up where anyone is now? Yeah. So. Do you like that yeah. segue? Do you like that segue? Yeah, like I, I like I like that segue. So I, I, I get the honor of, of speaking about Feldman. Um, so. Obviously, uh, Corey Feldman, you know, over the last couple of years has uh, gone into the branch of maybe investigative journalism uh, documentarian. So if anybody doesn't know, Corey Feldman, who plays Mouth, has obviously came out in recent years and said that um, he was molested uh, in his early years in Hollywood. Um Corey Haim, obviously, who is the co-star in Lost Boys with him and a few other movies, Licensed to Drive and stuff like that there. Um, he came out and basically said that, you know, a lot of Corey Haim's issues came from the fact that he was molested on on set by, you know, a lot of famous actors. Um, well, then say one of them. I suppose it's out there in the, in the media anyway, like I suppose it. Who is the alleged? Alleged, uh, yeah, alleged. There, there's an allegation that Charlie Sheen um, was one of the first people that molested Corey Haim. Um, was does, not surprise, the, does not surprise me at yeah, all. Yeah, in the, the mid-80s, um, you know, Corey Haim, I believe, was like 13 or 14, and part of Charlie Sheen took advantage of him. Um, there's a few other producers um, that Feldman lays the accusations at, but... It was about a year, year and a half ago. Um, there was a lot of traction, uh, obviously coming in with the Me Too movement. Um, Corey Feldman uh, made a documentary where he said he would name names, you know, a lot of big names and things like that there. Uh, he was going to broadcast it on his, his own server um, and people could pay to see the movie because... He had to pay to see the movie because he and his family were on the run because all these big Hollywood bigwigs were were after them and trying to murder them and, you know, trying to destroy their careers and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So when the day came, the movie didn't turn up and Corey Feldman then said it was hackers took the movie down. Um, All these big Hollywood bigwigs got all their money together and, you know, and hacked into the server. Um, Then, uh, now... I don't know if people got their money back on the movie, um, but then a couple of days later, he he put the movie up and there actually was a, a documentary um, and it did name um, a producer, I, I can't for the life of me, it wasn't anybody that, you know, noticeably naming. Um, 
but he was named in it as an abuser uh, of Corey Feldman. Um, there was a few other actors uh, in the 80s and stuff who, who, who came out and spoke about it. Now, Corey Feldman obviously has had something happen to him when he was, and I would fully believe that he was more than likely molested. Um, my only sticking point with Corey Feldman is he just seems to be that kind of person who is who's clinging on to the last inches of his fame. Um, you know, he he had that Michael Jackson, uh, you know, interaction when he was younger. Michael Jackson was his friend. Now, I don't believe he's ever came out and accused Michael Jackson of anything. Um, you know, same as Macaulay Culkin. I don't think I don't I, I can't remember if Macaulay Culkin has ever come out and accused Jackson no, of anything or or saying that they ever yeah, or saying that they ever seen anything in toward or anything out there like but uh, I feel sorry for Corey Feldman um in a way because he's been damaged by Hollywood and yeah. you can fit you, you can see that as a person he's been damaged by Hollywood. I, I hope I hope that if if any of this is true um, with to, regards to abusive you know producers and things, obviously there's the Brian Singer stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. There's the Kevin Spacey things that are happening. Allegedly, obviously, we must say that both of those are, are are still ongoing things, and there's no proof or whatever. Um, I would fully believe that that stuff goes on in Hollywood, as I would fully believe that. You know, Harvey Weinstein can get away with it for fucking 25 years. You know, it's not just one person in power doing this. It's, it's a collective. Um, and I, I the, believe it still goes yeah, on today. So yeah, it, it and the more happened in the 80s. Uh, yeah, and the more of them that are doing it, the, the closer knit that, that that sick community will be. Um, I just hope that Corey Feldman finds some kind of peace in, in life. And if any of it is true, I hope it comes out and I hope people are put in prison or you know shot in the back think, of the head and put in, put in a bag you know? yeah. <laughs> do you think that um that documentary was like his retirement yeah they sort of that's that story was the last bit there because apparently it's been contested by Corey Hames' mother apparently she's she was saying it's yeah reading lies about the other Corey and uh it's all he said she said and stuff like that which is a bit yeah, I've I've read I've read bits and pieces of that. Um, I I honest answer I don't know if if this was a payday for him or if it was a genuine attempt to open up that Pandora's box of of Hollywood predators or maybe both. Maybe maybe yeah, um, he, he still has. He, he still has said that there's more names. There's more names that he's got. There's more evidence that he has. But, you know, there's always that, and I'm doing air quotes at the minute, there's there's always the man who is, you know, trying to stop him from 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 doing it. Now, you know, for all the truth, sorry, go ahead. I could right now broadcast live on YouTube. Yeah. Easily. I could do it, and I'm thick as fuck. Yeah. So in this day and age, I'm sorry, but there's a certain moment where you start you know somebody says i've got all this information but nobody will let me tell you it get out and do it go and do it i i I get that to a point but if if you're marginalized now i'm not saying he's marginalized in the way that he's you know a white man and stuff like that there but if you're Mm. marginalized in in a way of 
spousal abuse or you know predatory child abuse or anything out there you know sometimes in your head you try to justify it over a long period of time so people keep it in you know it's exactly how people dealt with that harvey weinstein stuff you know it was an open secret in hollywood you know how many actresses came out I, I, we know as soon as ronan farrow's you know our fucking news stands how many actresses then suddenly had the courage to come out and and you know and face the abuser you know, it's, it's tough. You know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. And I hope, again, I'll say it again, I hope he finds some kind of peace. I hope that, it, for me, I hope it wasn't just a payday. I hope it was, you know, some kind of cathartic, uh, you know, energy that he, he needs to get out. And again, if, if people are involved in it, I, I, I hope that, you know, they'll be in prison. Oh, I hope they die. Yeah. Well, that's a nice, I, I, was, I was doing the nice route, you know, suffer in prison like Weinstein. Suffer in prison like Weinstein. Fucking cunt. You Didn't Let Me Finish is a weekly true crime podcast with a difference, co-hosted by me, former BBC News crime correspondent and author Ben Ando, and me, journalist Victoria Mitzi. Frenemies Victoria and I saw lockdown as an excuse to exploit our at times grim specialism and have, due to popular demand, continued on all the big platforms where you usually get your podcasts. Oh, and free murder tips included. Catch us on Twitter at YDLMF podcast new episodes every tuesday night now back to the show okay so next week next week is well what is it Cormac? <laughs> it's a, the quiz it is your reckoning <laughs> you've 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 got to pull this one out of the bag here man it's getting kind of embarrassing now, to be honest. First Listen, of all, as long right. as long as you don't cheat, as long as you don't cheat to keep me from winning, I will win. I did not cheat to keep you from winning. I did not cheat. Number one, number one, you you took a legitimate. <laughs> Listen, do we have to go through this again? You it's took a legitimate. Ago. You took a legitimate answer, and you said no. Then. And, you asked the question that somebody gave you and you still left them with a point. And there was a two-point margin. So, by my fucking proto-mathematical mathematical brain, it should have went into anyway, the tiebreaker. six or one, half a dozen other. So, this week, no! you will be taking on the champion, Real Glenn Davis, as well as the guys from VHS Strike Back. I can't remember their names, but I'll learn them by Thursday, no doubt. And, Jim, uh, Jim um... Horatio. I think there's a Daniel. Is there a Gareth? I don't know, you know. How, how embarrassing is this? We've, we've they... invented this and we don't know the name. <laughs> so we've got the quiz coming up next weekend. We're going to have your news, trailers, obviously all that kind of jazz, but then we'll be having the uh, feature-length quiz, which is a 90s quiz, a 90s-themed edition of this much more simplified, much more streamlined <laughs> Simplified. That's the answer. That's yeah. the word that I'm looking for. Make it make sure it's simplified. It is going to be a simplified quiz. Do do you want answer A or answer B? B. The correct answer is A. You lose, sir. You get nothing. Good day, sir. You will you will still find a way to fuck it up. It's okay. It's okay. I still love you. You will. You're welcome. And then the following week, we are doing a movie menu on Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks, the uh, the uh, Sheriff Woody, uh, Jim, what was the Apollo 13 dude? 
Jim Lovington. Jim <laughs> sounds like a porn star. <laughs> I think his Hello. name was Jim Lo- Jim Lovett. Lovell. 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 <laughs> Hello, I'm Sir Roger Lovington. Do you know? Do you know a menu that I want to do at some at some point? Uh, John Lovett uh, cameos in my movies. Fuck it out. I watched I watched Little Nicky and uh, John Lovitz at the start of Little Nicky. It's simply one of the funniest fucking things that I have ever seen. Uh, it's peeping Tom in the window talking to himself about the girl changing. Oh, Jesus. It's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I was watching, uh, I watched City Slickers 2 the other day and that was, uh, it was great in that. Absolutely great. Oh, John Lovitz is never not brilliant. I'm did sorry, you see? Um, it's just the way it goes. Did you see when they did the um, the Saturday Night Live? Was it fifty year, forty year, thirty year, forty year? They did a fortieth uh, one 40 recently year. last year, and uh, they did the in memorandum. You know the people who have died from the show, and they were showing Belushi and everyone like that. And at the end, they just went John Lovitz. And I, I'm watching in it. Memoriam. Yeah, 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 in memoriam. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, John Lovitz isn't dead. And they just faded through to the to the audience, and John Lovitz is there in a big white suit, just looking all. Why is my name up there? <laughs> and he's just sat in the audience, just looking around, going, "What? Why? Why?" Well, it's just another one. Another one that just popped into my head was the the wedding singer. Do what he was the. Oh the, yeah. He was the singer in the band. Yeah. He's insane, and I'll read oh. the spoils. <laughs> Right, so, 90s quiz next edition. Following that, a Tom Hanks movie menu. Following maybe, that... Maybe maybe in the Tom Hanks one, we'll do a, a, a John Lovitz. <laughs> John Lovitz. Enthusiastic. Thank you. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Probably <will>. not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, tune in next week for the... Uh, for the uh, Revenge of the quiz. Is it the in fact, yeah, this one. The first time we had the quiz, then we had uh, the return of the quiz. This is revenge of the quiz. The quiz wants revenge against you. Revenge is not a Jedi word. Do you know what is uh fantastic though? Hmm. Trump needs a new job. Get him out. Bye bye, everybody. Peace and love.